coming up in this episode of Can You Believe It? Sounds like my first job. Do you, you got know? paid in fish? Yeah. You know, yeah. concessions need to be made, like getting rid of your family. Um, but so far, <laughs> I don't cut mind the this dead guy. Weight. He's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that's a good T-shirt, but like you're sleeping with him now. Yeah. Well, I'm just- When did you know, this happen? Like, He's <laughs> bought, I bought the T-shirt. I fucked the guy. Well. <laughs> yeah. You were fools in the skies. Illuminati's controlling your life. Can you believe it? Drop circles and Jesus toast. And the kiss you fucked a ghost Hello and welcome to Can You Believe It, a semi-regular podcast on the unexplained that asks the all-important question, can you believe it? My name is Matt Neal and I'm joined, as per usual, by lactose intolerant dairy cow enthusiast, the Colonel. Thanks for joining us, Colonel. Moo. I'm also joined by 324 metre tall wrought iron lattice tower on the Champ de Mars in Paris, France, Brady Jones. Welcome, Brady. (laughs) Bonjour. (laughs) Now, before we dive into today's tale of abstract atypical abnormality, let's hear a message from our sponsor. Colonel? Our sponsor this week is Castleman Helmet Guy, the latest smartphone uh, game to blow away hardcore gamers, boasting iris-melting graphics with more in-game purchases than any other superfluous time waster on the market. Where most free-to-play games remove ads once you purchase the full version, Castleman Helmet Guy grants you access to premium ads. Experience the extensive glitch-heavy combat across 16 similar levels of reskinned enemies. Explore the open sandbox world and interact with angry 12-year-old kids spamming your chat box. That's right, Castleman Helmet Guy pipes realistic fantasy directly into your dopamine receptors with our all-new Elimination Mode, where users compete to raid the real-world savings accounts of other players. We also have our exclusive code for Can You Believe It listeners. Simply enter the code words I consent and receive a purple helmet and one gem. That's the code words I accept for an invasive purple sword and new gems. Uh, Ream the noobs with Castleman Helmet Guy. Thank you, Castleman Helmet Guy. And thank you, Colonel, for this week's sponsor. I'm now going to read a story of the unexplained. This one's not quite so much paranormal, but just an unexplained kind of thing. We're going to go into some conspiracy territory, right? Oh, okay. I believe. Good. (laughs) William Charles Casing was born in Chicago in 1922. He described his early life as being like something out of Huckleberry Finn. According to an article on Medium.com, Casing, quote, had a paper route, went rafting on the Royo, uh, Royo Seiko River and ate apples he found behind the grocery store. His abusive father died when Casing was nine and his mother was described as, quote, emotionally absent. After high school, he worked for a week in a furniture factory before quitting and heading to San Pedro, where he got a job on a fishing boat and got paid in fish. Well, it's a good way to make a living. Sounds like my first job. Do you, you got know? paid in fish? Yeah. No, I'm joking. <laughs> and you worked at like a hardware store. No, yeah. no, my, my, my That's parents- funny. I worked at a video store, but they paid me in fish. <laughs> my, my, my parents actually ran a, uh, a fish, like fresh fish store um, when I was growing up. Yeah. Uh, and I hate fish. So it <laughs> and was, they it still was a terrible, paid you in fish. It, it, it was a terrible existence. 
Well, I mean, it sounds like this dude's had a pretty rough go of it. No, he's good. He's making yeah, he's his way got, in the world. Getting to eat apples. Yeah. <laughs> then he right. finds behind a yeah. shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best where the best apples come from. <laughs> Uh, casing diving, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Casing served in the Navy in World War II. He got an English degree. He married his first wife, Carol. Had two daughters, Wendy and Jill. Found work as a salesman, a cabinet maker, and an insurance claims examiner. In 1956, he got a job as a technical writer with Rocketdyne, a company that helped make rockets for NASA. He had no qualifications in rocketry or technical writing, but he eventually became Rocketdyne's head of publications, where his job largely entailed translating technical data about rockets into plain English in order to help secure more government funding for research. Mm. Hmm. Seven years later, Casing quit his job at Rocketdyne. By this point, he had grown increasingly distrustful of the media and modern life. He got rid of his TV, his radio, and his newspaper subscriptions. He eventually sold the family home in the San Fernando Valley, bought a caravan, and he and his family became nomads. His family soon left him. Wow. Oh, man. So, is this maybe just a dude who's like kind of having possibly a breakdown and possibly yeah or a midlife crisis or something i don't know what it is yeah, yeah i thought okay. you was gonna uh, i thought you were gonna say that he like went up into the hills and became a survivalist like mm. it's not far away from that really um over the next seven or eight years casing continued to travel by himself he worked odd jobs as a writer a fruit picker a security guard and mail order dentistry equipment salesman mm. that's a very like <clears throat> limit like specific field isn't it yeah an unsettling in you're a way. selling dentistry equipment through mail order yeah that nothing ends well out of that mm. <laughs> who is buying mail order dentistry equipment and think about what they're trying to do to themselves or other people yeah anyway Just personal kits maybe yeah <laughs> when money was f- short he foraged for food these experiences led to his first book, The Ex-Urbanite's Complete and Illustrated Easy Does It First Time Farmer's Guide. Whoa. Easy Does It First Time Farmer's Guide. He, I like that. Yeah, you can tell he kind of just stuck with the first title. <laughs> yeah, he could have workshopped that a little bit, I think. Do you think we need 15 words in the title, William? Yes. <laughs> Actually, make it 16. <laughs> uh, it covered everything from cows and compost to yurts and acorns. Mm. Cool. I like him. I I don't I get a good vibe from this guy. Apart from you know, I'm obviously not everyone's cut out for family life. You know, like lo- I mean, like life like, in the wilderness or nomadic life on the road, living yeah, in a caravan yeah. so, with your family. You know, yeah. concessions need to be made, like getting rid of your family. Um, but so far, <laughs> You've got I don't cut mind the this dead guy. Weight. He's all right. <laughs> Casing remarried, and his new wife Ruth became his co-writer on his follow-up books. See, which- Ruth, like enter Ruth. The she rock. gets it. Yeah. The books included The Robin Hood Handbook, Great Hot Springs of the West, Dollar a Day Cookbook, and How to Live in the New America. So, mm. Sorry, can you just repeat the first one? The Robin Hood Handbook. The Robin Hood Handbook. Like, is that like literally how to beat the sheriff of Nottingham and like, <laughs> like steal from the rich and give to the poor? It could be. Is I Well, uh, according to the aforementioned medium.com article, which I'm going to refer to a lot here, Casing's work uh, featured homespun advice in healthy eating, penny pinching, and growing vegetables. But as his output increased, so too, do, so too did a, quote, darker, more conspiratorial tone. He wrote about social protest, about sticking it to the man, and about the, quote, outright tyranny and chicanery of the existing power structure. As Amen, he, brother. As, mm. he, as he traveled the countryside in his caravan, he avoided consuming media and paying taxes. 
Good on him. Yeah. Um, so we're on board for this guy. Everything is tick, tick, tick so far. You know what separates this dude from like a rich person? A caravan. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the only difference between him and Google yeah. is the caravan. Yeah. Uh, so we like this guy. He's the hero of our story. Yeah. We're sticking with him. Yeah, we're, we're on liking board. him. We're liking him. Good. While traveling the US with Ruth, Casing met John Grant, a Vietnam vet with a drug problem. The two bonded over a distrust of the government and mainstream society. Hang on, is this like uh, uh, Hunter S. Thompson's like like uh, origin story? <laughs> it was Grant who suggested Casing use his writing to be more subversive. Why don't you write something outrageous? Grant reportedly said to Casing at some point around 1974. Like, we never went to the moon. Oh. Oh. Now, according to Medium.com, the idea that the 1969 moon landing was faked had some currency in parts of the population. An unscientific survey in 1970 found that in one part of Washington, D.C., up to 54% of respondents said they didn't completely believe that man landed on the moon the previous year. In 1971, the James Bond film Diamonds Are Forever features a scene early on where 007 crashes a fake moon set and steals a moon buggy. And it's been suggested this sequence helped propel the moon landing conspiracy into the zeitgeist. NASA even admitted at one point there were many millions of people who didn't believe the moon landings were real. Casing began work on what would become the book We Never Went to the Moon while in Las Vegas in 1975. His regular publisher rejected it, not because of its content, but because the manuscript was a mess that, quote, wanders all over the landscape. In their rejection letter, they wrote, you don't really have a manuscript here. Seemed more like random notes about what you would write about if you got around to it. <laughs> Bam. Yeah. yeah, that's a <laughs> that, bit of a slap down yeah, for your, for your manuscript, yeah. isn't it? That sounds quite yeah. like the last uh, rejection letter I got for one of my books. <laughs> um, especially because this dude has just been shitting out books about stuff that, you know, yeah, a dollar like, a day. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know yeah. that there was a huge level of uh, oversight on his previous, previous books, but to all of a sudden for his regular publisher to go, nah, hold up, man, this is yeah. just the ramblings of a crazy person. Yeah, yeah. Casing searched for a new publisher and mentioned his book to someone who worked at a San Francisco counterculture newspaper called Zodiac News Service. The paper eventually interviewed Casing about the unpublished book, sparking a rush of print, radio and TV interviews. Some interviewers gave Casing column inches and airtime because they thought his ideas were hilarious. Others angrily cut him off, calling him irresponsible. Regardless, his ideas attracted growing attention. Hmm. The subsequent media frenzy still didn't attract a proper publisher, though. According to Medium.com, We Never Went to the Moon, America's $30 billion swindle, was eventually published by Barry Randy Reed, who snagged a co-writing credit for his troubles. As a Reed. Mm. Nice. Randy, Randy Reed's pretty good. Though. Yeah, as a Randy <laughs> Reed. Uh, although some, a wrestler. Yeah, <laughs> Randy Reed totally sounds like a wrestler. Although some sources say it was self-published, which fails to explain Reed's joint byline. So the most logical... Uh, thing to infer here is that he, because he published it, he just got a, a co co-write on it. Yeah. Reed's own books were largely about escaping government oversight. They detailed how to dodge the draft and how to get a fake social security number and how to steal the identity of a dead person. I mean, that's all stuff that I actually- These are all valuable <laughs> skills. Yeah. But I've been, you know- Need to check out some of Randy Reed's books then. He's doing a service. <laughs> yeah. There's YouTube videos on how to do this. 
Oh, now no, I'm, yeah, I'm joking. There probably is. We Never Went to the Moon was published in 1976. Soon after, Reed was convicted of mail fraud. But Casings' legacy what's was ma- born. What's mail fraud again? Uh, is it where you use- Stealing misuse- or tampering with other people's mail. Is it? Or is it where you misuse the postal service for like a fraud or something? Oh, right. Like, so like the first sort of spam email. Yeah, like mail like- out chain letters and- Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or think- purport- think- purporting to be from an organization saying you need to send us money. Yeah, like a oh, fake t- tax office okay. mail yeah. out or something. Like, yeah. I-, I think mail fraud comes under that. I think, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. Casing's legacy was born. His book earned him the title of Godfather of the Moon Hoax Movement. Medium.com's Darren King described Casing as the, quote, most effective single conspiracy monger of the 20th century. See, that's going to get that, that's gonna get you laid. That, <laughs> that's like, a, I mean, I, that's I a great just, monkeyer. I was just going <laughs> to... Monkeyer. <laughs> I was just going to say that's a good T-shirt, but like you're... Sleeping with him now. Yeah. Well, I'm just- When did you know, this happen? Like, He's bought, <laughs> bought the t-shirt. I fucked the guy. Well, yeah. <laughs> well you know, the, the, the UFO conference, you know, the, the, there'd yep. be uh, some, you know- But the Reno Marriott and getting pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we Never Went to the Moon outlines the now classic theory behind the hoax and much of the alleged evidence. According to Casing, NASA flinched in the space race with the USSR. They realised getting to the moon was actually impossible with the current technology, so rather than try to beat the Soviet Union to the moon, they decided to fake it instead. Such an achievement, no matter how it was achieved, would be seen as a major victory in the Cold War. This is, this is true. Mm. I mean, is this not true? Yeah, uh, absolutely. This is true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, arguing that it's actually impossible with the current technology, I would argue, is not true. But the b- I mean, the, 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 the propaganda yeah. uh, value of it, yes, that, that is true. Yeah. Yep. Casing calculated there was a 0.017% chance of the Apollo missions succeeding in reaching the moon. He said the, foti- the footage and photos were faked. We Never Met Went to the Moon is filled with his claims, which have been built on and elaborated on over the years. So let's run through some of the claimed evidence from the moon landing conspiracy theorists, shall we? Many of these ideas come from Casing's book, while others have been added on by the many people who followed in his footsteps. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the quality of the photographs is implausibly high. Uh, Well, I mean, Jesus, they put a man on the moon. Do you think, think they could like, make a good camera? Yeah, to yeah, do it? yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, having never taken photos uh, on the surface of the moon, it's kind of difficult to to Maybe say what what affects the lighting and atmosphere, and that would have mm-hmm. on photography. We were talking but, about this. Lighting makes all the difference. So yeah. <laughs> Maybe the the moonscape is just uh, quite pleasant for. Maybe it yeah. is really like really good conditions for photography. Mm. Uh, next one. The there are no stars in the photos. Yes, confirmed. So the, the, like in the pictures, you can't see stars in the background, right? Mm. Like, mm. but that's due to the brightness of the sun reflecting off the surface of the moon. I mean, I can still take a picture at night with my mobile phone, which I assume is probably way better than what they were using then, and still get no stars. So. The angle and color of shadows are inconsistent, suggesting artificial lights were used. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I can say that I you could 
think that from looking at I'm, the photo. I need to look at it, but yeah. yeah. Some photos have identical backgrounds, despite supposedly being taken miles apart, suggesting a painted background was used. Who were these people who have been to the moon and like... <laughs> <laughs> the number of photos taken is implausibly high. Yeah, I'm sure there's some someone, some genius has hit upon the math of this and gone, well, they couldn't have taken that many photos in one day. If they were supposed mm. to moonwalk from here to here during this particular time, when then how did they take 15 photos? Yeah. When are they stopping to take the photos? That's a that's such a weak argument. It's a weird call to make, but yeah. yeah. Uh, the letter C can be seen on a rock and part of the ground, suggesting they're labelled studio props. Mm. This, is my, this next one's my favourite one. A lady from Perth claimed she saw a Coca-Cola bottle roll ac- across the lower right corner of her TV screen while watching the live broadcast of the Apollo 11 landing. 11 landing. When did she claim that? I don't At know. the time? Uh, around the time. Around maybe, the time maybe, of the broadcast? Maybe after, yeah. But that- only one person made that claim from mm. a lady from Perth. Yeah. I mean, and it's not... I mean, this particular event probably would have just gone under the radar tv really watched by everyone on planet earth tvs back then in australia (laughs) were black and white uh they were square boxes that you can barely make out any details on now Mm. and she has detected a coke bottle in the bottom corner rolling across Mm. but uh, brady's point is more is more salient that this one person out of the millions of people who watched the moon landing live. Yeah. Like they, in Australia, it was during the daytime, they stopped schools, like, and everyone just yeah, crowded yeah, around yeah. TV. Like yeah. millions of people saw this, but only this one little old lady in Perth spotted this one and detail. And you can check the footage to mm. corroborate this. Like. Oh, but maybe they doctored the footage later. <laughs> but, uh, well, okay. Next point. Who filmed Neil Armstrong stepping onto the moon? Isn't it a camera? The camera the guy. Thing? Off, no, off the lander. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. But that's a, that is a legit point that several people have tried to make as evidence that the moon landing was fake. Oh, God. What fucking idiots. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> you can see a boom mic dipping yeah, yeah. into the sky. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next point. The astronauts wouldn't have survived flying through the Van Allen radiation belt due to the likely radiation poisoning and health threats from cosm- cosmic okay, rays. Okay, I don't know much about like- uh, I guess what, what what would you call that? Like, is that quantum physics or like the study of radiation in space? I don't know what field that is. Space radiation. But I'm f- yeah. <laughs> I'm fairly certain that that's a real thing, right? Like the yeah, yeah, the, definitely, like- yeah. Well, this is how the Fantastic Four got their powers. Mm, <laughs> not quite. Yeah, they got hit by cosmic rays. I thought it was like a like a like a nebula or something like that. No, like no, they got hit by cosmic rays. But it's- turn- so someone's been reading their Fantastic Four and raised this as a. It's um, a legit point. It's not as if they're tripping to the moon in like an open top fucking Cadillac. Yeah, <laughs> like, true. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a pretty sound structure for the time. Like a yeah. Well, like radiation is cited as the reason uh, that space travel is extremely difficult in the first place, right? Like, and, and it still mm. is now. Is like that radiation does affect astronauts and changes their like bodies. Mm. I'm fairly certain. Okay. I don't know about that. The moon's surface during the daytime is so hot that camera film would have melted. Uh, I thought it was the opposite way. Yeah, I thought the moon Uh, was cold. Yeah, I don't know. 
the flag placed on the surface by the astronauts fluttered despite there being no wind on the moon. Can confirm. I have seen that and it does move. It does move. But I assume that yeah. that is- uh, That there's a rational, logical, scientific yeah. explanation for it? Uh, yeah. yeah, I believe yeah. there is, yeah. Uh, footprints in the moon dust are unexpectedly well-preserved. Uh, wow, it's almost like it's a different sort of kind of planet. Yeah. It's like it's a, <laughs> it's an like it's, a it's a closed set. It's not disturbed <laughs> by like wind and stuff. Uh, the lunar modules made no blast craters or any sign of dust scatter. Uh, and the, oh, no, there's more. The, the original telemet- telemetry tapes of the landing are missing, which theorists take to mean they never existed. Uh, NASA was lagging behind the USSR in the space race yet somehow surpassed them to put a man on the moon and finally that the technology i.e. the computers of the time made getting to the moon impossible so mm. they're, they're just some there are more increasingly outlandish things there are also ones that just didn't make any sense as well so but they're the, they're the kind of the, a lot of the crux of it yeah Casing's book also delved into the darker side of the moon landing hoax theory that people were killed to keep their silence. At first, he named just one NASA employee as a subject of an assassination to protect the secret. But in his subsequent media appearances, he added more names to the list of people killed in the name of the conspiracy. Kennedy, John Lennon. (laughs) I like how all the conspiracy theories and like he never once goes back to like his time working for that rocket company. Like it's all just this other random stuff. Like he, uh, he he does cash in on his rocket dying credentials somewhat to add weight to his to his credentials. Even, like, though, there's even though he had that, no yeah, engineering yeah. or rocket no. yeah. Yeah, knowledge. Yeah, mm. rocket no. knowledge. That's a particular area. Yeah, yeah. rocket knowledge. <laughs> rocket knowledge. Um, rocket rocket knowledgeist. <laughs> perhaps the biggest scoop in Casing's book was the claim that the faked moon landing was filmed by none other than legendary director Stanley Kubrick. Mm, red rum. Casing wrote that NASA hired Stanley Kubrick and set him up in an underground studio in Nevada. Kubrick had just made 2001 A Space Odyssey, which was acclaimed for its special effects, and it came out, and it came out just 14 months before millions of people watched Apollo 11 supposedly reach the moon on their TV sets. And that's why the CIA killed Kubrick. Mm. Am I right? 30 years later. Yeah. To silence him. Casing said the Apollo simulation project or ASP occurred like this, although he admits in his book that he is guessing. As the empty Apollo 11 rocket took off from NASA's Kennedy Space Center, Buzz Aldrin, Neil Armstrong and Michael Collins were ushered onto Kubrick's set. The rocket, depending on which chapter of Casing's book you're reading, was either ditched into the South Polar Sea or left to drift through space. Mm Mm-hmm. Kubrick's set, made with typically Kubrickian detail, was codenamed Copernicus. It featured powerful lights to mimic the sun's glare, as well as scale models of Earth, the moon, and the sun. After filming the moon landing and the moon-based exploits of the astronauts, Armstrong, Aldrin, and Collins were taken to a secret island near Honolulu, put inside a command module, and dropped from a great height by a cargo plane to simulate their return to Earth. Okay, at at this point, I'd like to to point out... uh in the, in the last podcast we were talking about, I was saying that, you know, the most logical explanation is generally the one that is, you know, correct. Mm. So, at this point, I do find myself going, all right, is it possible that they faked the moon landing 
in order to win the Cold War against Russia. And it was much easier to just film it and broadcast it as if it happened and much cheaper, let's be honest, uh, to do that. Or is it possible that we just invented all this crazy science within a really short period of time and we actually went up there and... Well, it's- there is an argument that can be made that it is probably it is far more cost effective and uh, resource effective to fake it. Yes, that that is the legit argument. Mm. Yep, and, and if you poured all your resources into just doing that and pulled it off, then you win the Cold War without having to spend as much. Well, you money. don't win the Cold War; you win the space race. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but as a propaganda, which, which, yeah. which was yeah. a front in the Cold War. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, it's. God, yeah, I can. I see where you're coming from, but um, it's unhelpful. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? It's, it is. it's inconvenient. It's like, very. It's, yeah. it is genuinely unhelpful. As for Kubrick's involvement, it has been suggested he filmed the fake landing either due to patriotism, an incredible payday that set up the rest of his career, or because he was blackmailed by the FBI. He was certainly friendly with NASA in the years that followed the moon landing in 1969. For his 1975 film, Barry Lyndon, NASA sold Kubrick three of the, quote, largest relative aperture or fastest lenses ever in photography to allow him to film by candlelight. Only 10 of these Zeiss lenses were ever made. Wow. So, all of Barry Lyndon is shot using natural light because um, it's set, it's a historic film. It's set in the... 1700s, I think. So, what's oh, Barry Lyndon about? Uh, I can't remember. It's actually one of the Kubrick films I haven't seen, um, but I do know that it is so that so that they've they've he wanted to film it under realistic circumstances in terms of lighting. So there's no yeah. um, artificial lighting in there. It's all lit through using God, lamps that been a and candles. That so the only way to been a film nightmare. it. So he needed this these Zeiss lenses to actually be able to film it, so that you could get any kind of detail yeah. and clarity on it. So, and he got them from NASA. So, the wow. evidence exists. Uh, this happened. He did receive a payoff from NASA, is N- what you're saying to me. No, he- He received he, he, a He officially, gift. he bought three yeah. lenses from uh, NASA. Bought, yeah. yeah, like mates rates. <laughs> well, it's yeah. like if I was to sell my lawnmower to you, it's not because we did some incredibly shady shit a few years ago. Uh, <laughs> it could just be a lawn lawnmower I transaction. It was because we did that. But I mean, there's also probably the argument that if I just gave you my lawnmower, uh, because in terms of like payment for something we may have done in the past, that I'm not going to. Uh, you mean elaborate on any like further? Like a payoff? Yeah. Like a kickback? Exactly. So, I mean, at least he's paying money for this. <laughs> it looks slightly less dodgy if you pay money. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Kubrick's com- complicity in faking the moon landing is said to have eaten away at him. Filmmaker slash author Jay Widener lays out a theory that Kubrick's adaptation of Stephen King's The Shining is actually Kubrick's confession. Now, I have looked into this before and, and I'm sure you're going to elaborate and go into it, but the one scene and it. It struck me when I when I first saw The Shining is on the young boy. I can't remember his name. What's his name? The character in The Shining? Danny. Danny. There's a scene where he's playing uh, in the hallway and I believe he's riding the bike, you know, the riding the little tricycle mm. and he's wearing a jumper that has a NASA rocket yeah. on it. Yeah. Yeah. In Widener's 
uh, essay, Secrets of the Shining, or How Faking the Moon Landings Nearly Cost Stanley Kubrick His Marriage and His Life, another long, awesome title, (laughs) uh, Widener lays out dozens of symbolic references within the film that point to the truth. Basically, the Overlook Hotel is America, and Jack Nicholson and Danny Lloyd's characters, Jack and Danny, represent different aspects of Kubrick's personality. Elsewhere, room 217 in the book was changed to room 237 in the film because the moon is on average 237,000 miles from Earth. And the phrase, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, actually says A11, not all, meaning Apollo 11. So, Apollo 11, work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Okay, those are long bows. Those are long bows. Danny even wears a jumper with Apollo 11 on it at one point. Okay, that, uh, that's yeah. that's okay. Yep. If, if there had been like six, seven more of these quality ones there, there might be something to this. I don't know that wearing a jumper that uh, says Apollo 11 on it is convincing evidence that Kubrick wh- faked the moon so landing. It's so specific. It's so specific. It feels like an Easter egg that Kubrick has put into that film on purpose. Could could be. Mm. Even if it, maybe even to poke fun at the the conspiracy. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's what I'm suggesting. Yeah. After his book came out in 1976, Casing did more interviews. As his notoriety grew, he tried to sue the makers of the 1978 film Capricorn One, which featured a fake Mars landing. But the script for that was written in 1972, predating Casing's book. Still, he was a regular on talk shows. In 1981, he appeared on People Are Talking, co-hosted by Oprah Winfrey. People Are Talking. What a great name for a show. (laughs) Says it right there on the box. (laughs) People Are Talking. And like At 8.30. Wait, is this the show with the people talking or the other one with the people talking? <laughs> tune in. Tune, tune in, in to uh, find out. <laughs> later on, late night, people are talking. <laughs> it was this interview that inspired at least one fellow moon hoaxer, Bart Sibrel. Sibrel would go on to make the 2001 documentary A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon, which posits that all six moon landings were faked. He is also best known for accusing Buzz Aldrin to his face of lying about uh, walking on the moon. Yeah. Oh, yes, I've seen this footage. Yep. Calling Aldrin, quote, a coward and a liar and a thief, to which the then 72-year-old Aldrin responds by punching Sybil in the face with a right hook. Okay, so it's if, a if you've seen this footage, it's he, great. he hassles this guy with a Bible. He's walking up and he's telling, yeah, he's yeah. telling him to swear- on the Bible, Buzz Aldrin, you swear on the Bible that you went to the moon. Swear on this Bible right here. Swear, 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 swear. And he just keeps badgering him until like it's, Buzz has had enough and he just socks him a great yeah. one. It's, like, that, it's the bit where he calls him a coward, a liar, and he's and a thief to his face. In his face. And Aldrin yeah. just has no more time for this shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the incident appears in Sybaril's 2004 documentary, Astronauts Gone Wild. Astronauts gone wild. <laughs> you hire that and, and take it home uh, and go, oh, this isn't the movie I thought it was. <laughs> oh, man. What well, I feel like that's one of our sponsors. Yeah. Yeah, astronauts gone wild. Yeah. We'll, we'll, the future we'll, sponsor. We'll, we'll approach them I and, mean, there and is, see if they're there, interested. There is content there that um, was it a former astronaut that like drove cross, cross country to. Um, Oh, uh, wearing nappies so they never had to stop. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. What was that? Um, they were stalking an ex-lover or something. Yeah. I think she what? may have killed someone. Yeah. There may, yeah. There may have been a murder involved in that. And yeah. she, was she an astronaut or was she- uh, she was she worked at NASA or I can't remember what the- Yeah. Thing but it was okay. Yeah. We're going to have to- Yeah. We'll yeah. have to look at that. Yeah. I don't know if that's unexplained, that one. It's just more something- yeah, I want to know why the guy thing. was wearing nappies. It was you a know woman, what? Listen, I think. Oh, the woman. Yeah. Listen to a competing podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> and they're winning. Sibro <laughs> yeah. was just one of many people inspired by Casing. In the wake of Casing's book and the subsequent years of interviews, he received letters from all over the world, including from Ralph Rene, who appeared alongside Sibrel and Casing on Fox's 2001 TV special, Conspiracy Theory, Did We Land on the Moon? Rene was introduced on the program- I watched it. <laughs> I watched it. Rene was it. introduced on the program as a physicist, despite having no such degree, while Casing was called an engineer and analyst. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I kind of fell hook, line and sinker for this because like I was impressionable at the time, young 21, like mm. and I watched it and I was like, oh, this is like the inside shit here. Like yeah. not knowing, you know, and being naive uh, yeah, yeah. To, to going, okay, like people just like say that they're things and that doesn't mean that they're things. Yeah, yeah. Their yeah. conspiracy theories, much like their credentials, went unchallenged on the show, which was watched by 15 million people in the US. Wow. Fox boasted that the program tripled the number of number of people who believed the man- moon landings were fake. There's the thing, it's Fox. And they wow. but they're claiming that like to claim, yeah, we've we've made more stupid people, I think is the way they read yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, they would have been proud of that. <laughs> Thanks, Roop. That's that's Fox's uh, <laughs> m- um, motto, isn't it? We made more stupid people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For the record, NASA's response to the show was a single paragraph under the heading Apollo, yes we did. <laughs> Classy. I like yeah. it. Mm. Rene, for his part, contributed the book NASA Mooned America to the Moon Hoax Library. <laughs> and Sibril- <laughs> I'm loving his titles. He's great. Yeah. Sibril, Casing, and Rene became History Channel regulars. They were the go-to guys for shows dealing with moon landing conspiracies until Casing's death in 2005 and Rene's in 2008. According to Medium.com, Casing spent his final years, quote, helping to run a sanctuary for abandoned cats. Oh, good on him. <laughs> But the theory that NASA faked the moon landings has outlived casing. In 2009, a UK magazine survey found a quarter of people believed the moon landings were faked. In 2019, research firm Ipsos found 6% of respondents believed it was not real, but that level rose to 11% among millennials. Oh, God. Stanley Kubrick died in 1999, just days after completing his final film, Eyes Wide Shut. (laughs) But in 2015, footage of Kubrick supposedly confessing to faking the moon landing emerged. The footage was shot by filmmaker T. Patrick Murray, who reportedly interviewed Kubrick three days before his death in March 1999, although one website claimed the interview took place in May, which would have been difficult because Kubrick was dead then. Mm. Murray said he had to sign a non-disclosure agreement forbidding him from releasing the footage for 15 years. In the video, a slightly intoxicated Kubrick admits to filming the fake moon landing and even claims he admitted these facts to others to other directors, including Steven Spielberg and Martin Scorsese. The conspiracy theorists were right on this occasion, he says in the video. The moon landings all were faked and I was the person who filmed it. Can you believe it? Uh... Okay, so I can't, I can't recall actually having seen that footage of Stanley Kubrick. I'm going to say that it's a claim that is never backed up and the footage is never released or it's faked footage of some kind. Why would you say such controversial and possibly true things? <laughs> because, like I said, the most logical explanation is usually the correct one. Um, what did Stanley Kubrick die of? 
Uh, I don't know. He just, I think he just kind of dropped dead unexpectedly. He was 70 in his 70s, I'm pretty sure. They call yeah. it uh, CIA'd. CIA'd. Yeah, yeah, or, right. or suicided. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the Kubrick stuff is weird. I haven't heard all this. Um, you know, I've like heard all the, the flag fluttering and mm. really weak sort of stuff. But yeah, the Kubrick thing is odd. To say the least, unhelpful potentially. <laughs> potentially. Unhel- another yeah. another one of those unhelpful yeah. truths. That- yeah. Mm. Well, truth, uh, <laughs> you know. Let's let's. Well, put some I, I maintain that my man-sized. First, uh, I maintain air that, that my first point still it 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 is correct, irregardless of whether it's true or not. It's mm. it's still correct. So that what that the, the, it's easier to fake it and more cost-effective. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm. I mean, yeah, totally. But yeah, no, I don't believe it. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Can't trip me up this time. Yeah. Can I answer? <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. I thought you were on board. Go on. <laughs> it's inconclusive. Inconclusive? Because of the Kubrick thing? Or because uh, of the flag fluttering? Or just a combination of these things? No, it's inconclusive because I'm stupid. And here's, and here's why. <laughs> All right. I don't understand the science of landing a, a rocket on the moon or a moon lander or mm. whatever it is, right? So... For me to fully believe that the moon landings happened, I would need to see it in a telescope, like see the the landing site oh on the moon in a telescope. But then, like, do you realize, like, the, the where it goes to from here is that the telescope is doctored? <laughs> well, maybe for some people. No, but, but like, like for, for, for me, like I believe in science and I understand that mm. by looking through this implement, I can see the landing site. But right? if you believe in science, then why don't you have faith that the scientists have, that have taken a rocket to the moon and done all this incredible Ooh. achievement, then why don't you just go, Ooh. well, that's science. I, and I don't understand all the ins and outs of this particular science, Doctor. but I know that other people do and they did it. Science. So hot right now. Yeah, and look, uh, look, I, 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 ex- <laughs> I accept that, but f- f- like, there's so much power in having seen that with your own eye. I, I feel like, like, if, if, if there was like, you know, some kind of telescope where you could go and pay to have that experience and look at it, that mm. would be amazing. I would totally do that. Like, you've, you have, you've hit on two really key points here, though. One is that. Seeing is believing, and it, and for a lot mm. of people, they're like, "What? Well, I, I haven't seen it, so how do I know?" And the, but the other thing is too is that the thing you said, like that you're stupid because you don't understand it. That's I think a lot of people kind of lean into that and go, "Well, it just can't be possible because I don't understand the science of it. Then it can't be a possible yeah, thing. Totally. So yeah. it must be a fake. So that's where mm. it comes from is from a level of of ignorance or, or willful ignorance, I guess." But, there's but, also- but because you can, and also because you can't confirm it yourself, then that just buys into that further. Yeah, I mean, I I don't understand a lot of things to be honest, but it still happens. You know, like in terms of like medicine, really advanced like surgery or whatever, it can still be performed just because I don't have a handle on it. Like- I, I struggle to understand how a car works, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I have drove. But here. I know I drove here. <laughs> I don't need to know how it works for it to have happened. But then I can confirm that with my own experience, which is your thing about looking through the telescope. It's like, yeah. I don't understand why the sky is blue, but I can see that it's blue. So, therefore, it is blue. Yeah. But someone can explain the science of it. But the same thing, though, and, is and, like and when climate you mix change. Is, climate change is a perfect example of this, where people go, well, I can't, 
I can't, I don't understand the science and I can't see it happening outside my window. So therefore I don't understand it. Yeah. I guess that that's kind of the way most people who believe in conspiracies or outlandish um, scientific theories, that's kind of how they justify it to, to themselves. So I, I'm, I'm out and out saying that I'm like most likely wrong, right? Like I'm most likely <laughs> yeah, yeah. wrong. It, like 90% of the evidence points to, to it being a real thing that mm. happened, right? Uh, but, but <laughs> there is still that point that I'm saying, like, which is it's, it would have been easier and, and impactful for America to fake it and receive all the benefits from it. And they have received all the benefits from that. They won the Cold War. They, you know, created a space program around it. They touted themselves as the leaders of humanity. Like, it mm. worked yeah. if, it, if it was faked. All right, let's dive into this postscript, shall we? Bill Casing's book, We Never Went to the Moon, was a joke that got out of hand. Casing had signed a contract with Los Angeles publishers Price, Stern and Sloan to write a fiction book. In an interview with the Los Angeles Free Press, Casing admitted the book started life as a hoax. Wow. We agreed that it would be a spoof, a satire, he told the LA Free Press. Oh, man. Unfortunately for history, Casing began to believe the lie, fueled by his own anti-authoritarian <laughs> stance. <laughs> what? I began to question every step of the various moon flights, he said in the same LA Free Press interview. I found myself wondering whether I was working on a hoax or whether I was actually becoming a technical detective. Little by little, the evidence seemed to build in the favour of the Apollo project itself being a giant hoax. So he just he set out to write a hoax and then started believing it as he went along. Mm. Now the theory that the man that man la never landed on the moon is surprisingly easy to refute. There are telescopes from around the world and moon orbiters from Japan, How India, much does it cost and to, China to look in one? that have photographed the moon landing sites. You can literally see photographs can be doctored. I want to see it with my own eyes. These are independent, three different nations and other t and others. All getting the same photo of the same Let's thing. Let's just get a Kickstarter going for Colonel to <laughs> um, go and inspect this himself. Yeah. Or better yet, send me to the moon. Uh, jump onto our Patreon and uh, support. <laughs> yeah. Send Colonel yep. to the moon. You can literally see the moon landers exactly where NASA said they would be. But at least one conspiracist named Marcus Allen remained unconvinced, saying NASA sent robots to the moon. Yeah, robots. That mm. faked the manned missions. You can also find evidence at the bottom of the ocean, just like former Amazon trillionaire Jeff Bezos did in 2013. Oh, uh, yeah. The pieces of the Apollo 11 that Bezos found on the Atlantic Ocean sea floor disprove some of Casing's theories about the technology of the time not being capable. Yeah. As for the that list of supposed evidence that was faked that I read out before, there are legitimate rebuttals for every single point, not only from NASA, but also from an episode of Mythbusters, which, ah. yay. Yep. I think I've seen that one too. Yeah. The astronauts had cutting edge cameras with specially developed lenses, which were the, 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 uh, the yeah. lenses that Kubrick then subsequently used. Stars couldn't be seen most of the time due to the sun and sunlight reflecting off the moon's surface, but some photos of stars were able to be taken at specific times using special equipment. Backgrounds seemed identical because a lot of the moon looks the fucking same. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the fucking moon. Yeah. The letter C is most likely a printing imperfection because it's not on the original film, only on reprints. So it could just be a hair that was on yeah, the right. on the film when it got reprinted. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and no one actually saw a Coke bottle roll across the screen. The lady in the story claimed there were letters in the paper about it. There weren't. You can go through and check all the papers in Western Australia at the time. There are none. Uh, and that she wasn't. And that she watched the landing happen live in the middle of the night. It was daytime in Australia when it happened. Wow. Nice one. Yeah. As for the Kubrick video. Oh, yeah, we go. The smoking yeah, Kubrick. Yeah. It was a fake. Parts of the video surfaced in which T. Patrick Murray gives direction to the man playing Kubrick, telling him what to say and how not to say it. The man doesn't look or sound like Kubrick either. Right. <laughs> <laughs> which does remind me that there was there's a film called uh, Color Me Kubrick, which is based on a true story about a guy who went around pretending to be Stanley Kubrick. And because Kubrick was so reclusive at the time, people didn't actually know what he looked like. So this guy who looked nothing like Kubrick and is played by John Malkovich in the film, who looks nothing like Stanley Kubrick, yeah. he managed to get away with it for such a long time because no one and pulled him. And go to dinners and like yeah, um, wow. and have He'd his get bill loans, paid. Yeah. loans for, for films that he was making and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, and yeah. he ran this grift for like years and yeah it's kind of impressive and it is yeah yeah i remember hearing that insane and finally there is the age-old problem with massive conspiracies secrecy Mm. it is estimated that more than four hundred thousand people worked on the moon landings in some capacity over the years which means every (coughs) single one of those people had to keep the secret for the past 50 years not a good on them not done so well (laughs) yeah Hey, like, loose that lips. is dedication to your country and your nation. That's it. Be dedicated to the bit. <laughs> Not a single credentialed NASA or government official has ever come forward to back the hoax theory. Dr. David Robert Grimes, a physicist and cancer researcher at Oxford University, compiled a mathematical model that showed if the moon landings were a hoax, they would have been revealed as such within less than four years at the most. Yeah. Yeah, and there's also the point that if the moon landings were a hoax, Russia would have known and would have released oh, that massively. information. I kind of wonder if they... I didn't look into this, uh, mostly because I don't speak Russian, but I imagine there must be a real subset of r- hardcore Russian patriots who are fully into the uh, moon landing hoax because they would feel that Russia got ripped off in the Cold War. Yeah. Um, yeah, like there would have to be. There has to be yeah. a subculture there. Yeah. yeah. The legacy of Casing's work isn't so much that a small percentage of people believe man never went to the moon, but rather the distrust in science and the conspiracy culture it birthed. Astronomer and writer Phil Platt wrote for Discover, uh, wrote for Discover magazine, that Casing, quote, was a monumental anti-scientist responsible in many ways for one of the most colossal wastes of time and effort in my memory. How much energy, how much brain power, how much simple time has been wasted on this ridiculous claim? Rich Cohen wrote in the Paris Review, quote, to understand America, you can start with Apollo 11 and all that is counterfactual that's grown around it. That's when the culture of conspiracy, which is the culture of Donald Trump and fake news was born. Mm-hmm. Darren King, writing for Medium.com, went further. Quote, Did the moon landing conspiracy theory pave the way for the more poisonous and discord-sowing theories of today? The denizens of QAnon message boards sometimes evoke the tone of we never went to the moon and share Casing's determination to erode trust in the system. And they do so while apparently fancying themselves precisely as enlightened and free-thinking as Casing did. 
Quote, mm. but today's conspiracy theories theories resemble only the darkest, most murderous elements of Casing's thesis. Next to online rumblings about 9-11, President Barack Obama's birth certificate, Sandy Hook, conspiracy actors and Pizzagate, the fantasy of a lunar hoax feels almost wondrous. And there you have it. Um, What a ride. Well, look, let me say this. The... Aperture. The election was stolen. <laughs> the, the, the aperture um, of the moon landing being a hoax has closed to 99.9% chance that it was a hoax. It's it, like So you're saying there's a 0.1% chance that it was a hoax? Still, yeah. There's, yeah. Still, there's still a chance. Right. Well, Out of all of that, still. Seriously, man. 99.9%. Come on. Like, there, there's there's still a chance. Oh, I forgot to, I forgot to mention, too, the, the flag flutter thing has- um, There's stuff to refute that as well, because it's to do with- If you slow it down frame by frame, it's not fluttering. It's brushing against the arm of uh, Armstrong or Aldrin or whoever's yeah. doing it. But that's also been refuted. If that's the 1.1% thing you're holding on to- Oh, no, 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 the- no. I'm, I'm just saying, like, like, once- And I'm going back to my original point of, you know, that it being- cheaper and easier to to just fake it yeah but even even if you still believe that bit the thing about the four hundred thousand people who have had to keep their mouths shut about this is ridiculous it just blows it out of the water it couldn't it couldn't possibly have happened because it is impossible for that many people to not talk about it like this is the thing that undoes a lot of conspiracy theories because any conspiracy that has come to light so this ma- this mathematical uh, modeling of it, of conspiracy theories is really interesting because it goes through conspiracies that actually came to light. So things like um, the Tung- uh, the uh, Tuskegee experiments, where they um, mm. let syphilis untreated in African American um, population, um, you know, and and other uh, things where the government has tried to cover something up and it's come out, like Watergate, you know, all these kind of things. MK Ultra. Going yeah, going through all of these things. COVID nineteen response. Oh, they God. they have all they've all come <laughs> out at some point. So for this for this many people to be involved in and never to have come out is statistically impossible. Three words. Show me the telescope. <laughs> <laughs> Let me look in the telescope myself. Show me telescope. Jump onto Patreon. <laughs> And join our Kickstarter to send the Colonel to the telescope. Oh God, this show became such a grift, like (laughs) junk mail. (laughs) Send me to the moon. I just want to look in a telescope. Like, come on, like that would be sweet. Just one time. Uh, Yeah, sure. If we have a Patreon, by the time this goes there, give us money on it, and uh, yeah. Don't. Leave us comments on various themes. <laughs> don't, don't give us don't. money. Don't. I don't know. I don't know where this goes anymore. But you know what? A- buy something for a loved one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Buy a homeless person a meal. Do something better with your money. Mm. Um, the sources for this will be up on the, uh, especially on the Spotify, and they pop up in other places. I don't understand how the internet works, uh, but yeah, <laughs> that's computer coin. Yes. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening, uh, and. Fly me to the moon. We choose to do these things not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Exactly. If that's not a reason to go to the moon, I don't know what is. <laughs> what porno is that from? <laughs> uh, These astronauts uh, gone JFK wild. JFK does Marilyn. Yeah. 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 <laughs>